this is Paul Daniels, Chairman of Involved Investors, and I welcome back my fellow travellers on the journey to starting alone. And you've made that decision, those of you who have, after all the warnings I gave you last time. Well done. But if you haven't, and if you have decided not to go it alone, but to stay in employment, don't worry, there's plenty for you to do. There are 6 million SMEs, small, medium enterprises in the United Kingdom, and they employ over 27 million people. And they represent, believe it or not, 99.9% .9 of UK companies. 4 million of those 6 million are single person businesses. And so you'd exclude those, but don't. I mean, think, for example, of John Griffin, who was a minicab driver in 1975 and started a company called Addison Lee because he wanted to be high up in the telephone directory. He now has 4,000 taxes, or his company has, and nearly a billion pounds in revenue per annum. Or Charlie Mullins. He was a plumber. He started a company called Pimlico Plumbers, and it's now the largest services company in the United Kingdom. These and the other 2 million SMEs to say nothing of the big corporates, need staffing. And they need good staffing. And the jobs will be more secure, not totally, we found that during COVID, to our great detriment, but much more secure than being in a startup, and I think much less stressful. To those of you who are committed to making the big leap, what to do? What is your business going to be about? What is it going to do? You may already have decided, but if not, the world, and these days even space, is your oyster. Ask yourselves, what are your interests? What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? What are your weaknesses? And what don't you enjoy doing? What intrigues you? Ask yourself that carefully, make a list of the answers and see if you come up with some ideas. No? Okay, no worries. It'll come. Don't worry. It did to Percy Shaw. He was driving home in Huddersfield in 1933 when he was on a very foggy night on a very bad road, which he used frequently, and he lost the track. And it was only because his headlights, and they weren't very good in those days, picked up the eyes of a cat sitting on a wall that he managed to get back on the road again. What did he do? You guessed it, of course. He invented cat's eyes. And what an amazing innovation that was. And how many lives has it saved since? There are five categories, I think, of businesses that you can go into. There's tech, which is obviously the flavour of the day. We find that more and more of the platforms that come to us are nothing more than dating sites, actually. They put customers in touch with suppliers. They put businesses in touch with other businesses. And they put businesses in touch with customers in various formats and across multitudes of trades. You could go into fintech, financial technology, which is huge in this country. Medtech, medical technology. Ed tech, educational technology, a gamut of different technical challenges 
and believe me, the market isn't even half-baked yet. You could go into artificial intelligence, which is a great new thing and is going to be hugely transformative in the future. The second is commerce. You could go into e-retailing, which is obviously flavour of the day, or retailing where there are big opportunities for specialist retailers, and much less so for the very big conglomerate brands. You could go into industry, into manufacturing, into engineering, into energy, into robotics, which is getting more and more important. And you could go into services, into hospitality, restaurants, pubs. When they come back, they'll come back in abundance and a lot have gone. Into travel. And travel will have different formats and different needs from now on. Into utilities, the provision of services to homes, etc. and to businesses. Or into science. And science is an interesting area and is becoming much more popular with students now that they've seen what huge breakthroughs have been made in medtech, scientific medical research, in the hugely rapid answers to the challenges posed by COVID-19. There are new opportunities everywhere, and particularly now, as I've said so many times. Let's take just three to get your minds going. I don't expect you to go into any of these, but I just want you to start thinking the way you need to be thinking if you're going to start an innovative new business. First of all, coal. Coal, yes, black coal. Actually, there's a form of coal called brown coal, which is even more useful. There are 1,070 billion tonnes of coal in the world. Mostly, that tonnage is under the ground in the US, in Russia, in Australia and in China. But in the United Kingdom, there are still 4,000 million tonnes to be mined, which never will be, because now we know that coal produces carbon and carbon is very bad for the world, for the atmosphere, for us. But did you know that as well as energy, coal is constituent part, or can be, of soap, of aspirin, of solvents, of dyes, plastics, believe it or not, and fibres. Fibres in the form of rayon and nylon. Carbon fibre, silicon. And I bet you didn't know, because I didn't know before I found this, very recently in researching for this particular podcast, coal can replace wood to make furniture. Wow! Just think! Use beautiful, cheap coal to stop defenestration, cutting down one of the world's greatest resources, its forests. What a marvellously elegant solution that would be. I don't know if it's possible. I've read that it can be made into furniture. Whether it has to be black furniture, whether you can make that fashionable, I don't know. But you'll know if you go into this and start researching it. And don't worry about the money. If you have a good idea, the people with the money will come to you. I want to give you a little tiny example, and I'm not showing off, but it's just something that happened to us. We were in the canned meat business, and we were canning tons and tons of beef and lamb and other products into cans for the grocery market 
in the 60s and 70s. And through some shenanigans of the European economic community and a thing called a beef mountain, would you believe, price of meat went sky high and people were not able really to afford it. And obviously our clientele were working people who ate those sorts of products and fed their families with good protein at low cost. So what were we to do? Well, we had an idea that actually protein could also be derived from soya. We knew that. It wasn't an idea of ours. We knew that protein could be derived from soya. And we knew that in a spun form, literally spun on a spinning system, as in weaving, it could be used to make a fibrous product which clustered together was very like meat, without any flavour at all. So we went along to Courtaulds. Courtaulds had moved their production from the United Kingdom, particularly Northern Ireland and the Midlands, to the Far East. And their factories were standing largely idle. And they had this amazing weaving equipment up there because they were fabric weavers par excellence, exporting all over the world. And I went to see Lord Kirton, who was the chairman of Courtaulds, and I persuaded him and his production teams to start experimenting in making textured vegetable protein out of soya. And they did. And we went to Vera Swamis, who were probably the top Indian restaurant in London, and got them to produce some really fantastic recipes for sauces and added these to the texturized vegetable protein and put out products, our brand, which was Danoxa, Kesp, which was Courtauld's brand for texturized vegetable protein, curry, and another range of more popular British-style products. And, you know, it worked. That was something where we, tiny little us, had an idea, and we used the capacity of an enormous company to facilitate it. That can be done in coal, for example. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was another idea which comes on from coal, and that's hydrogen. Hydrogen is an extremely interesting element. In fact, it's the most common element in the universe. And hydrogen can decarbonize the global economy if we can find ways to develop a system for delivering it to market. Perhaps using gas distribution piping or whatever. People who are getting into hydrogen now may be into the next huge source of energy with a lot of big advantages over electricity and other sources. Okay, so those are another highfalutin. But now let's get down to earth. The other day, I helped my wife to make a large bed with a very heavy mattress. My wife likes to do everything to five-star hotel standard. And by the end of making that bed, I was completely knackered. I have nothing but the greatest respect for the hotel room cleaning staff now. I just don't know how they do it. These are heavy beds with heavy mattresses which have to take a lot of wear over the years. They've got a definite need. They may not have, well, they do realise it, that's for sure, but they may not have thought it as a business opportunity to make bed making easier. Yeah, we've had fitted sheets, we've got duvets, but they only go part of the way, believe me. They have to make it easier. Somebody can do that. 
What about washing up? Do you think the washing machine is the ultimate answer to washing up dirty dishes? I don't think so. You have to fill it. You have to empty it. By the time you finish, you might as well wash the dishes up in the sink. What about, I don't know, self-cleaning plates or something? You know, those are the sorts of breakthrough ideas which somebody's suddenly going to have. And you're going to say, why, why didn't I think of that? And I'm going to finish with a really good example, which only happened, well, I only heard about it the other day. Jamie Oliver was asked on TV how he was able to produce so many cookbooks without cannibalising his other books that he'd already published. And he gave an example off the cuff, and it's a great example. It was his last book. He researched the 15 most commonly used products during COVID whilst we've been locked in. And he looked at them and listed them very carefully. And he realised that the food providers of the family, the chefs, the cooks, the people who provide for the family, were opening the fridge every night and thinking, well, God, what am I going to do for the family tonight that they haven't had before or that's a bit different? And he produced a book using those ingredients for lots of different recipes. How clever is that? Finding a need and fulfilling it at a profit, I'm sure. As I've said, I don't expect you to do any of these things, but I hope I've got your minds ticking and thinking the way you need to be thinking. And if you've still got mind block, then why not email my colleagues at Involved Investors with your background, and they may be able to introduce you to someone in the involved community who can help you and give your imagination a shake-up. So next time on the journey, we'll be choosing our own partners for the journey. And that's a really important ingredient. We've now got you. We hopefully have the idea, the business. We're going to have the model once we've modelled it. But we need people to join you in the journey, shoulder by shoulder, ups and downs, together. That's where we're going next time. Again, I'm looking forward to it. If you stay with me, I think we'll get there. Wouldn't that be exciting? Cheers. Thank you.